Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC, Padres beat writer, Jay Posner, sports editor. We are taping this on Wednesday, day after the All-Star game. No Padres played in the All-Star game, Jay. It was not that long ago. It was last Friday, I believe. We didn't keep on the July 4th. Last Friday, the two of us were talking, much like we are now, where I'm on the phone and you're in the studio, and we were projecting what may happen in the final three games of the Padres and Dodgers series at Dodger Stadium. And hey, let's, let's take a listen. I think there's still a lot for the Padres to learn over the next three days about how far away they might be. Oh, absolutely. And and look, there's nothing, I mean, it, I don't think anybody's going to run to to Vegas to, to bet on this, but, you know, they are playing games. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. The Padres could win the next three games. We could come back next week during the All-Star break and we'd be talking about a team that's 45 and 45. Uh, is that is that likely? Of course not. But, you know, was it like it's it wasn't likely they were going to get swept by the Giants either, although this is even more unlikely than uh, than that. Kevin, do you do you recognize those voices? Those those guys didn't have they didn't know what they were talking about. It couldn't have been us, right? <laughs> well, I think uh, I think it was first of all. And I think that we acknowledged that we didn't know what we were talking about. And I, I believe we've done that several times. Where you know this team is, I think that what we just what we talked about last Friday, and then what the Padres went out and did, winning three their final three games of that series to get into the break at forty five and forty five, was exactly Padres. That was so two thousand nineteen Padres. And I did say the Padres could win the next three games. <laughs> yes, we could you did. come back next week. During the All Star break, and talking about a team that's forty five and forty five, and here we are. It's the All Star break still. They are forty five and forty five. We're doing this a couple days uh, before the Brave series, but it, it should stand up. Uh, bar, you know, I'm sure there'll be a couple roster moves or whatever between now Indeed, and there will. between now and Friday. But they uh, the jet right, the general idea, and people can always follow that on the website. Yeah, that that is what the Padres are. I mean, you've you've written about it several times, and. And they have a lot of uh, winning streaks of three, four, five games, and they have a lot of losing streaks. Let's get back to last weekend. We joke about it, but that was a huge weekend for this team. I mean, whatever happens this year, look, I don't think either one of us feels like this is a, a playoff team or very likely to be a playoff team. But after last weekend, we shouldn't project anything or predict anything anymore. <laughs> but regardless of what happened, that was a big weekend for this team to win three games at that stadium against that team in that environment at a time where they weren't playing very well going into it. You know, I think a lot of people out there were, were thinking, well, here we go, the same old Padres, you know, 42 and 45, they're going to be 42 and 48. They have to open the break against the Braves, who are playing extremely well right now. They're 24 and 10 in their last 34 games. They have a six-game lead in the NL East. They're 17 games over 500. You know, look, it's all falling apart. This guy has to go. That guy has to go. Let's trade this guy. Let's trade that guy. And they go out and they beat the Dodgers three in a row. They got good pitching. They got, uh, you know, the bullpen, Craig Stammon, Kirby Yates, Fernando Tatis Jr. on Sunday. I mean, it, it was... I mean, it was a great weekend for the Padres. We, there's no other it way to put. There's no other way to put it. Hunter Renfro kept hitting home runs. Actually, Manuel Margot homered mm-hmm. in the final two games. Obviously, big, uh, and they needed. You know, they needed contribution. They need contribution from the bottom of their lineup. Uh, so basically, everything they needed to do, uh, or you know, a lot of what they needed to do to actually win on a consistent, a more consistent basis than 500, because 500 is not getting you to uh, the, the playoffs or even to that wild card game. 
they did. Uh, you know, like you said, sustainable. Well, you know, if some things happen, and this will be a different roster in, in the second half, uh, and that is regardless of whether you know they go out and they get a pitcher, a, Nogo, a Noah, Noah Syndergaard, uh, which I'm not going to put my money on right now. But the fact is, the Padres do need to unload some players. Any mm-hmm. deals that they make, or any significant deals they make, will be multiple players for one player because another 40-man roster crunch. And so, I mean, there it is possible that the Padres make a big deal. But regardless of that, you've got uh, relievers uh, that are going to be going. Uh, there's the relievers that are going to be coming. Luis Urias is going to be here. Uh, you know, it, it's real soon. <laughs> I promise. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some timing things that happened and, and all that. And, and, and they wanted Josh Naylor on their roster, uh, a left-handed bat, to just in case they're against the Dodgers. And there's a lot of things going to it. But this is going to be a different roster in the second half. Um, and so I, there's still I'm, – I'm very much looking forward to seeing what, what happens. Not just like wins and losses. Of course, of course. It's been so refreshing to focus on wins and losses this year versus last year. But uh, there's still a lot of development to be done. There's a Will Myers issue to, to deal with. Uh, man, Jay, I don't even really know where, where it is uh, to start because the second half is, is – it's got it all. It's got well, development. It's got we're going to see Munoz. We're going to see Baez. We're going to see uh, – Morahone, and we're going to see Urias, but it's also got, yes, they're 45 and 45. So at this point, I mean, you can't just go out and start playing guys and, and say, hey, we're going to lose 10 games in a row, uh, and who cares about it? I mean, at 45 and 45, you have to you have to keep going and, and see what happens. At the same time, I do think this year should not be their priority, and if they can get a great return for someone like Kirby Yates, or if they can unload Will Myers' contract, or and and obviously have to include somebody really good to to go along with that, um, mm-hmm. or eat some money, whatever they whatever the choice. But there's a lot of decisions to be made. I mean, you talked about earlier in the year how Hunter Renfro was a guy that seemed to be the most likely of the of the outfielders between him and Reyes to be traded. I mean, it seems kind of crazy to think about trading Hunter Renfro <laughs> because this guy looks like a guy who's going to hit 40 home runs a year. Well, at least as long as the baseballs are like this right now. You know, he's going to do that, and he's he's improved his on-base percentage and everything. Is that a guy you want to get rid of right now? I don't know. Is, does it get you Noah Syndergaard? I don't have any idea. Who else is out there? You know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of you talk about the attention's going to be on wins and losses, which is true. But over the next the three weeks, and the trading deadline is exactly three weeks from today as we record this, over the next three weeks, there's also going to be a lot of talk about player who's available, who's not, who's being traded, who's sticking around, all that sort of thing. So it's definitely, especially the next three weeks, I think, are, are going to be fascinating uh, both on and off the field. And, and when I talk about a 40-man roster crunch, the last year it was like, ooh, who are the, the hot names they have to put on there? Well, now you've got a bunch of guys on there that they're going to have to decide, are they going to keep them? So, I mean, you could, you know, can you get a team to, to take uh, Ty France as a part of a package? Uh, Austin Allen is a part of a package. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of things that, uh, that they could package. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they make a run for a, uh, a starting pitcher with, uh, with prospects. Uh, versus having Hunter Renfro, and that was always look. I think other teams identified Hunter Renfro, and that's what other teams were talking about. Uh, and the Padres uh, were and are listening. So, but 
I, again, I, I do think that, well, I'm kind of told that because of where they're at, and you and I have talked about this a lot, and it's absolutely gospel that the Padres are not going to sacrifice anything this year for that basically one-game play-in. That's, that's what it is, right? It's, it, it, that's what a wild card is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not like they're catching. They, they beat the Dodgers three out of four. That doesn't mean they're. All that means is they got a couple games closer in the standings. They're not winning the division. Uh, far you know, more obviously. important. Far more important was the step they took against the Dodgers. Up from, well, you know what? We can beat them once. They did it three times in a row. We know that it was the first time in fifteen years. And the fact that, that they did it, they didn't play their best in a couple of those games, but they beat the Dodgers. That was huge, way more than whatever they, <laughs> must drag day, <laughs> however much closer, quote unquote, they got to the Dodgers uh, this year. Um, so I just, I'm, I honestly, I'm almost overwhelmed by the, the storylines here for uh, the second half. And I'm, I'm thrilled that, that one of them is that they are, 45 and 45 and that, you know, here come the Braves. And, and honestly, I apologize. I, I had all this time the last couple of days to update my math, but, uh, back, uh, on going into Sunday, they were above 500 against teams that were 500 or better. And the Padres were below 500 against teams that are below 500. So who cares that it's the Braves? Maybe that's better than it's, than it's the Giants. Yeah. I, it, it might, <laughs> uh, it might be, or the next road trip, which includes the Marlins and the Mets, I believe, who are both well below. 500 but the the Braves as I mentioned are, are playing extremely well right now they're 6-0 and 1 in their last seven series they haven't lost a series in over a month and and I think and the last this day drop on them who the starting pitcher on Friday is. The, but but I, I do have to mention the, the last series they lost to the Pittsburgh Pirates so of course of course the Pirates beat everybody, beat everybody. but anyway uh Friday night Dallas Keuchel will be on the mound <sighs> And the, he was just on the mound Sunday, so he'll be in that rare position uh, where he's starting back-to-back games for the Braves. This will be his fifth start for Atlanta. He was very good in his last one. He's been he's been pretty good. He's, he's got a 3.6 ERA in his four starts, uh, and like I said, coming off of a of a good one. Julio Tejeron will pitch in the game on Saturday, and Mike Soroka will pitch on Sunday. Soroka pitched uh, against the Padres in Atlanta. You, uh-huh. you were there the end of April, the start of May. It was the first series that the Padres played without Fernando Tatis Jr. after his injury. Greg Garcia started that very first game at shortstop instead of Machado. Uh, had an error that, that uh, was very costly in a loss to Soroka. Six innings, one run in that game. The next day, the Padres beat Tehran. Chris Paddock was the starter, and Fran Mil Reyes hit a couple of home runs uh, in that game with Machado at shortstop. Uh, Cal Quantrill made his major league debut in that third game. Pitched pretty well. Lost to Max Freed, former Padres number one pick. And then everyone's favorite player, Ian Kinsler, had a monster game in the finale, an 11-2 to win. I think that's the second most runs scored against the Braves this year in any game. The Padres' uh, Matt Strom was the winner that day. Uh, so anyway, they beat Tehran. They did not beat Soroka. Keiko they haven't faced. The Braves, I was looking at their lineup. It's even better than I thought it was. Six of the starters, six of the eight starters, have 14 or more home runs. The lowest on-base percentage in their in their lineup is 312. The Padres have five guys uh, below that. Their lowest OPS is 785, which is basically Eric Hosmer. I mean, he's at 783. So their worst OPS guy 
is Eric Hosmer. That's a pretty good lineup considering how good Hosmer has uh, has been this year. And they, I believe, are second in the league in uh, in scoring runs. And their pitching's pretty good. They're fifth in ERA as well. So again, another challenge for the Padres. But as you mentioned, sometimes these teams played better when they've played against better teams. I mean, the Brewers, the Dodgers recently, uh, even the Braves the first uh, the first time around. So it'll be a good weekend. Interested to see what kind of crowds show up. It's the only time the Padres are home uh, for like a three-week period. So I would think that the crowds would be pretty good. And there's always Braves fans here as well. Um, you know, I think dating back to the old Superstation days, Kevin, as you and I both remember. Uh, Nelson Lamette on Friday, so there's another reason to, to show up and, right. and, and to see both what he can do now and, and you know, what he can mean in, in the future. Really, it's, it's very it's very entertaining to watch him pitch. I think you and I speak a lot of times from people that appreciate baseball uh, and, and you know, want to see good baseball, and, and that is, Nelson Lamette is, is fun to watch. He really is. If people remember a couple years ago, the promise that he showed on so many of his starts, you can see that building, uh, even, even in that one start, and the things, of course, you heard in his rehab. Uh, Joe Lucchese almost certainly on Saturday, and then there's some other things that uh, the Padres have to, to work out to figure out the rest of the rotation. Uh, and, and then, you know, what you have is for sure Eric Lauer and Chris Paddock will be in there. And I I would think that, that they would be leaning, uh, at least for the next few weeks, toward Logan Allen, but I think that two of the three, Logan Allen, Cal Quantrill, Matt Strom, Matt Strom, Almost certainly uh, in the bullpen, and then it'll just be well. What are we going to do with Logan, uh, Logan Allen, and Cal Quantrill? How do off days figure in? But uh, for sure, it's Lamette, Lucchese, Lauer, and Paddock in the rotation. Right, and I mean they, they kind of need us the way that they with Paddock anyway. It, it feels mm-hmm. like they need a six man rotation most of the time, and and Quantrill shown fewer off days. Right, Quantrill shown that mm-hmm. he can go back and forth if he does need to go to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. But but I, yeah, I don't think there's a ton of off days coming up so we'll probably see all of those guys which is good I, I think fans would want to see guys like Allen and Quantrill and how they do I would think that Paddock is would be lobbying strongly to wait and pitch in Miami I believe that he's as of now depend like I said there's a there's a couple things the Potters are trying to work out but as of right now uh, he would hit both the Marlins, the team from which he was traded. So you know that Chris Paddock, who could find a reason to be motivated against somebody virtually anytime, <laughs> will be for that one. I know for a fact he's fired up. And then that would line him up to pitch against the Mets as well. Right, right. So another uh, a rematch of, uh, of probably his greatest moment, <laughs> that, uh, that game against uh, Pete Alonso and, and the Mets. And we've certainly seen what Pete Alonso's done. And, and let's, not, let's not overshadow, like, like, Pete Alonso's basically been given the, the Rookie of the Year award by everybody. Well, Fernando Tatis is going to go to town and, and play in New York. and I, So there you go. I mean, just another sign of, of, of things are, are a little more exciting for the Padres now, right? There's their stories like virtually every series. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with with Alonso, we can get into this more when it comes around. But, I mean, there's there's no doubt if you were voting on Rookie of the Year oh. at the halfway point or just past the oh. halfway point, yes. you, you'd have to be know nothing about baseball to vote for anybody but Pete Alonso. But right. that doesn't mean two months, two and a half months, two and a half months from now, I guess, that Tatis couldn't pass him up. I mean, it was even mentioned in a column we ran in the in the Sunday paper last week by Dave Shinen of the Washington Post even mentioned, look, Tatis could zoom by Alonzo in the last couple months of the season. But for now, that award belongs to Alonzo. That doesn't mean at the end of September that it will. 
it also doesn't mean it's the most important thing in the history of the world. You know, the way like <laughs> the way it was treated by some people that the Padres didn't have more than one All Star or something like that. It's like it's a it's a or that Yates didn't pitch last night in in the game. I th- I thought that was a great a, a great break for the Padres that Yates didn't pitch. He was going to be the closer. Dave Roberts had made that clear. Uh, but the National League doesn't win. Doesn't win the All Star game anymore. So I, I, there was in this case there was nothing uh, there was nothing to close. But I, I'm sure Andy Green and Darren Balsley and a lot of others were probably happy that Yates was able to get a day off after the workload that he had in L. A. over um, over the weekend. And uh, and that's a big deal coming up. I mean, there's yeah. no accident that Craig's that was like the first week or two of the season right there. It was the Craig Stammen and Kirby Yates show, and Andy Green really didn't make any. You know, qualms about it. Those are the guys right now. We got four days off. That's who we can trust. That's who we go to. Uh, they're not going to be able to do that throughout the second half. And uh, uh, if I had to pick a storyline, it's 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 the bullpen. Right, right. Again, you mentioned we're going to see some guys, you know, over the second half, like Munoz and and others in the minors that you know that might be used out of the pen, like a Baez or somebody like that. So, I mean, uh-huh. more more through an inning in the uh, in the futures game, and he was throwing ninety seven, ninety eight in uh in that game so that's another guy that would be that would be exciting to see and and you know and then off in the distance is i don't wouldn't expect to see him this year but Mackenzie gore promoted to double a so we'll see how he does in uh against a little different hitters over the second in half the, but in the hitters ballpark in, in, right in in hitters uh in hitters ballparks as well so anyway kevin i think that uh we'll look for a second half preview from you Coming up uh, later today, we've also got stories from Jeff Sanders on what to watch for in the minor leagues in uh, in the second half. And then you'll be out there this weekend for the Brave series. And then we'll talk again when you are in Miami on Tuesday, since Monday is a is an off day for the Padres. So until then, every, everybody have a good weekend. Happy All-Star break. 